remember those moments my introduction to what joy could look like and feel like. It was seeing my parents model that you don't have to succumb to whatever is around you. You can rise above it and you can find adventure, literally find adventure in the most dire of circumstances. Hey, welcome to the show. Today I have with us Candace Payne, who is more commonly known as the Chewbacca Mom. Say hi, Candace. Well, hello. How are you? I am so excited to talk to you. Uh, true confessions. I had a pop culture podcast with my friend Taylor called C Pop, and I attempted to do the Wookiee call after you did the Wookiee call, and it did not go well. <laughs> It mostly sounded like me screaming, and this has become a point of contention even in my relationship with my boyfriend. He's like, that was just sad. So I tried to be like you. Well, see, this is why you have to have a mask. It's oh. not you making the noise, it's the mask. I should <laughs> ask for that for Christmas. Don't have to worry about that. Absolutely. So <laughs> this happened about a year ago, and since then you have been on this incredible journey. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. It has been a whirlwind, to say the least. Um, listen, I, all of this happened, and it has been a moment where, I, after moment, where instead of feeling like I'm being advantageous or opportunistic, I really just find myself being obedient to doors that are opening mm -hmm. and things that I'm getting from the Holy Spirit to do and actually walk in. And one of those things that I knew early on after having this video go viral and experiencing some great moments uh, with media and Good Morning America and the James Corden show and all of those things, there was still this ache to really connect with the average stay-at-home mom like mm -hmm. I was and, and how to find joy on a daily basis. And I thought, I cannot have conversations in coffee shops around the world the rest of my lifetime trying to explain the questions that are coming into my inbox. And mm -hmm. I felt like a book was such a natural fit for being able to do that. So early on, um, probably about two to three weeks after that video went viral, I started really researching out and trying to figure out how do I write a book um, that would be able to live longer than my years even and really give people hope for for finding joy and abundant life. Mm. I love it. I know that joy is something, it's a fruit of the spirit, but so often in today's world, it's something that people are like, I don't feel like I have joy. I feel depressed. I feel anxious. Why is joy something that we can mm. choose rather than just an emotion we feel? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, it is a very ethereal concept. And in my book, I try to personify it. I thought, listen, if Solomon can talk about wisdom like a female, then I can uh, personify joy as well. That and works. I I discovered that that really it is about if joy was standing right there next to you in in your normal everyday office, your your office job, or your changing of the diapers, or your cleaning a toilet. I mean, what would she say to you? How would she engage with you? Um, is she even allowed in your house? Mm. Or do you chain her up in the backyard like a dog <laughs> to a stake? I mean, like, those are the things that I really want people to try to figure out is that it's a choice to invite joy in and to engage with it. It's not something that just happens upon you. That's happiness. I mean, mm. happiness happens. It's things that happen. That's why it's called happiness. 
um, but joy is, is, like you said, it is a fruit of a much deeper working. And for those of us that have chosen to follow Jesus, we know that the Spirit it, it is definitely related to how that Spirit works in us and through us and then overflows in us. It's a byproduct of something much greater. But I think the average person that has no faith scope, no, they don't even buy into the fact that there's a God, and they don't even own a Bible. For them, listen, they need to have hope first before they can even know joy. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just wanting to scratch the surface with the world and let them know there is more to life than what you're living right now. When you picture joy, is it Amy Poehler's character from Inside Out? <laughs> sometimes. Because she is so cute. Um, sometimes sometimes she's the face of my mama. Aww. i got to be honest with you. I love sometimes, that. Mommies are um, great. Uh, listen, my mom, um, I remember when we were in our leanest of seasons, and I write about it in the first chapter even, about how I found happy in the homeless. Um, we were living in a van, and we didn't have hardly pennies to our name some days. But yet my mom would find and, and scrounge around and pick up coins out of old telephone booths and soda machines and and she would go in and buy a, a package of dum dum suckers mm. and we would drive as far as the gas tank would take us and we'd all have a sucker in the back seat and we'd all be able to talk together. And I remember those moments when my introduction of what joy could look like and feel like. It was seeing my parents model that you don't have to succumb to whatever is around you. You can rise above it, and you can find adventure, literally find adventure in the most dire of circumstances. I love it. So often we think that we are consigned to, you know, our daily lives, but God has planned our days ahead, and God doesn't want us just to be boring. He has so many exciting opportunities for us to practice day in and day out that have nothing to do with us just sitting at a desk. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So what has the Holy Spirit taught you through this process? Oh, my goodness. You know, I will say this. Um, I, I've grown up being a church kid, and I started off my relationship with God knowing God a disciplining father. Mm. And I knew that he, he was pretty tough. And that was my perception of him. And in my teenage years, I I began to really study the person of Jesus Christ and how he was as a man. And listen, I get the supremacy of Christ. I get how incredibly, um, how, how indebted we are to the fact that he has loved us so deeply and sacrificed so much for us. Mm. But the Holy Spirit was, um, it was, it was the feeling and the goosebumps that I would get at a church camp during the worship song where there was thousands of voice singing. Mm. Also, I feel as though there are moments here, too, where I'm still discovering how the Holy Spirit leads me day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And about four years ago, I had an encounter with Him to where I said, I'm not going to be an unwelcoming place for you, and I'm going to let you have your way in me. And that changed everything. So day to day, I feel like I'm relearning the three-in-one. I'm mm. seeing all of them balanced together beautifully as this God that I, that I love 
and the Spirit is so near and, and literally just gives me the words, <laughs> gives me the places to go, and it gives me much more than I could even sustain on my own. And um, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great thing, trusting and knowing and experiencing the Holy Spirit day in and day out. So how do you put that into practice? Like you hear the Holy Spirit whisper something into your heart. What's the next step? Oh, my goodness. Sometimes it's just as easy as giving somebody a, a glass of water. Mm. Are you kidding me? A lot of times we see somebody in need, and, and we'll hear that little voice nudging us, hey, give them, go get them a bottle of water. Go give them water. And we think, and we rationalize everything out to, well, what they really need, too, is they probably need a meal. So how am I going to get them a meal? Oh, you know what, really, maybe I need to connect them with a, a shelter or some sort of service that they could, or something at my church that they're doing. And we miss the first thing and the only thing that the mm. Spirit told us to do. Give them a cup of water. And for me, it's listening to that voice and listening intentionally and not trying to add to it or take away from it, but just being obedient. I love it so much. I know oftentimes when I hear the Holy Spirit speak to my heart, it's like, wait, is this actually you, God? Am I thinking too hard? Is this just something I know I should be doing? Or are you actively telling me I need to do this? And once I pursue it, it's like, wow, I did not expect that to happen. But yay, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is yeah, absolutely no, crazy no. like that. Okay, so I was reading your book, and you mentioned in the chapter about haters, um, you mentioned being in a video with yeah. actor Sean Hayes, who, full confession, I do love Will and Grace. I'm just going to be honest about that. Um, Come on, yeah. So <laughs> you mentioned that a lot of people kind of gave you some flack for that. And how can we as Christians be salt and light to the world if we're not supposed to interact with them? I don't know. I, I don't know how you're supposed to be salt and light to the world. Exactly. Um, if you're not supposed to interact with the world. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that question is kind of, you just answered it. Yep. I would say this. Um, I, I got slack from one person, and it wouldn't have been uh, that monumental to hear that voice, except it was an old Sunday school teacher of mine. It was somebody mm -hmm. that actually had had a, a really big voice in my spiritual development. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought, are you are you kidding me? Um this person just sent me a private message and said, "Hey, don't don't mess up your your testimony or your witness by hanging around with the wrong people." And uh, I cannot tell you how I how that made me feel in my gut. Listen, mm. Christians for a long time have been painted to be bigots and to be judgmental and to be absolutely harsh and horrible. But we should be the happiest people around this planet. Amen. And not only that, we should be the ones that are the most loving people on this planet. And um, there's a there's a passage in Psalms, and it says, uh, "Lift up the light of your countenance upon us, O Lord, um, that we may be happy. That we may be happy." Mm. I really believe that, and this is you know, take it for what it is, coming from a, a lady that wore a mask in her car <laughs> for four minutes. Um, and, and laughed it up for three of those. But I really believe that God is, is starting to lift up the light of His countenance upon us, and it's, and it's a happy countenance. It's not a countenance that we've seen before, where it's been judgmental and jerkish and rubbing our nose and everything that we've done wrong. I think we're beginning to see Him as He really is. And um, with that, listen, we, we either got to go with that, <laughs> or we're going to miss out. There's no, like... 
in between on this one. You've either got to love people or you're not following the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we've, we've got two major things that we're called to do. We are called to love God and love people. And if we miss out on it, I would dare say just, just ask. Just ask that internal question of why are you even calling yourself a believer in Jesus? When situations like this happen, you know, I think of the parables about the Good Samaritan or who is my neighbor. And it's like, wait, if we really look to our right and to our left, we are in a melting pot of people with different beliefs. And when we're called to love, it's not without exception. Or it's not with exception. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not with exception. It is without exception. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting all tongue-tied. That's okay. fine. No, I, I, I agree. It, you know, there's no stipulation. Love if. I don't mm-hmm. see love if anywhere. I, I don't. Or love love when. Mm. I, I just see love. And not only that, um, the Bible is so clear. It didn't even let us, didn't even let us assume. It says flat out, for God is love. And mm. if you say that you love your brother, <laughs> but you don't really do it, you walk in darkness. I mean, it's so yes. clear. It's so clear. And we will be known by our love. So come on. I mean, you can get me started all day long. There's (laughs) there's, there's way more important things for us to be arguing about and for us to even have a a dog in the fight other than this. I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Keep going. Yeah. No, it's great. I often think... Sorry, go ahead. it's It's a distraction from what really advancing the kingdom of God looks like. Mm. And even some people, they may hear that word say, oh, I want to advance the kingdom of God, and they may think, oh my gosh, there she goes, she's got an agenda, and she's got, of course I have an agenda. My agenda is to bring heaven to earth. I want us to experience heaven while we're still here. What more joy could there possibly be than heaven? Of course I have an agenda. I absolutely want to experience the best that God's created while I'm living right now. Mm. In the videos I've seen following you, like as you've gone on these different talk shows, though, you are preaching with your actions, not necessarily with your words. How can we as believers really implement our faith without taking a Bible and smashing someone upside the head? All right. Now, this is where I'm going to talk to the church. I'm ready. And I'm going to be very specific. All right. So when all of this happened, I had one choice, and I'm just going to be real with you. As a believer in Jesus, when you're given a national platform and you're on Good Morning America, I don't know too many people that wouldn't feel the pressure to say Jesus about every three words, making sure the world knows it's because of God. I mean, think of mm-hmm. think of award ceremonies. You've got actors up there saying, I just want to take time to thank God, and, and I want to do this and this and this, and you want to make sure you get Jesus' name out there. I felt the Holy Spirit tell me so clearly, Candace, don't you dare salt and pepper my name as though it doesn't mean anything to oh, you. Oh, wow. This is not, this is not your last time to be on this type of stage. I've opened a door. And I did not rush into any interview with an agenda to talk about Jesus and sneak attack the gospel on the entire world. I came to interviews because I knew God had already set up a good work for me in Mm. advance that he wanted me to do. And I had to just be comfortable in what the doing was. 
you know, so many times we think saying Jesus and trying to beat people over the head with the Bible is, is, is a good thing. It's not. That, in the essence of that, is taking his name in vain. Ooh. That's the first commandment we've been told not to do. And that's what we do, is we try to salt and pepper it in our conversations, and it, and it really waters down the power of it. Mm. You know, a lot of Christians, it made me laugh when they started following me on Instagram and Facebook shortly after I, I had a viral video, and they would send me these messages and comments like, why do you have an asterisk in the middle of God in your description on your bio line? They would say, she must not really love God. She must be ashamed of him. That's why she doesn't say his name full out on her bio. Uh, no. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I don't say his name out loud because it's worth more than mine. And when I put mm. it in a description of myself, it better have some reverence. Mm. You know, I really think the church has, has lost sight on what the main goal is when sharing the truth. The main goal is to see heaven come and to see God's agenda come. And his agenda is to restore people to himself and to, and to bring glory. Those are good things, not crappy things. I am right not there with you. <laughs> you know, but I just, I feel like those, that's how you live it. You live it because you, you eat and breathe it and you actually believe the words that you say. I don't have to speak much about God. And listen, this is probably the most I've ever spoken about in an interview. It's okay. We're a charismatic Christian outlet. We're cool. Um, <laughs> but, but really, to the church, I say this. I say, come on, guys, stop taking his name in vain and stop sneak attacking people with the gospel and stop trying to win arguments and be right. Mm. If you're on the side of truth, you're already right. Stand confidently in that. Amen. If you're on the side of love, then love. You're you're already winning. There's no need for you to win. You just do exactly what the scriptures say. And I tell you what, God's gonna do the rest. You you can't force people and, and it, listen, I don't I have a child right now. I have two kids, but I have one that is rebellious. He's a seven year old boy, right? Mm-hmm. I cannot force him to love me his siblings, his dad, his dogs in the house. I can't force him to love cleaning his room. I can't force him to love anything. But oh, how sweet it's going to be the moment that he turns around and naturally does it. Mm. How sweet it is when he offers snuggles and you don't ask and you don't prod and you don't pry and you don't correct or you don't guilt trip. If people really want to know who God is, you don't have to force them. You just keep on loving. You just keep on loving. And you just be kind. Goodness. We'd serve ourselves well to just be kind to one another. That's what Cinderella tells us, is have courage and be kind. Aww. That's also what God tells us, too. But I really like Cinderella as well. Right. It's She is right. great. All right. You have actually answered all my questions for today. Um, could you do us a favor and pray us out and pray for our listeners? Oh, I would love to. I'd be honored to. God, already, I just know there are people listening right here and right now that you genuinely love. I mean, like you love them with a love that we can't even grasp. It chases us. It pursues us. And it gets us at the core of who we are without trying to be anybody else. So, God, I just ask that you would allow these, these people that are listening right now, allow me to just feel 
and experience that love that you already have. Uh, even more so, God, I, I honestly pray for whoever is listening that feels as though maybe they were stung a little bit by the words that they just heard, that, God, that you would restore the light of your countenance upon us, that you would show us that you are a God that smiles when you see us, that you are a God that laughs with us, that you are a God that literally throws your head back and you start singing a song over us and dancing with us. Mm. Um, God, we need to know you as the good God that you are in this world. And let us help let us help shine that out any way that we can. Give us the things that we ought to do. Give us those moments where we see you. Uh, and let us just be faithful. Let us find us faithful, God. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In today's fast-paced world, fear has become an epidemic. A social media post, text message, news headline, or medical report can take away your sense of being and create stresses on your mind, body, or soul. Establish your heart and mind on the comforting truths of God's promises and best-selling author Stormy O'Mardian's new book, The Power of Praying Through Fear. You'll learn what it is to think, say, and pray the moment you sense fear or anxiety as life happens and things appear to spiral out of control. Experience freedom and peace over some of life's inhibiting fears, including fear of rejection, fear of the future, fear of death, and fear of suffering. Learn to pray effectively and claim the power, love, and sound mind God has for you. Available for pre-order at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.